We always give a little extra time when Rush is the intro music. On the south shore of Long Island right now, there is a really lovely colonial-style home that is up for sale. It's going for $850,000, which may sound like a bargain, honestly, when you look at the size, the location, the privacy, the fact that it's right on the water. It is a gorgeous property. And it is certainly, absolutely getting a ton of interest. It is right now, I believe, on Realtor.com, the number one home in the States as far as views from people looking online. But these views are not necessarily all from people interested in buying the house. They are, by and large, gawkers. And the reason is very simple. This home, if you are of a certain age, if you can remember the movie, this is the house that was home to the Amityville Horror the place where Ronald DeFeo shot and killed six members of his family and then claimed the house and paranormal activities in the house talked to him and pushed him to do this. This is a spooky, for a lot of people, a spooky, weird, gross kind of place. It is, however, drawing all kinds of interest, which is odd because you would think a place that was home to a mass murder and something that terrible would actually deter people. Au contraire, it is seeming to be a huge, huge draw. Steve Lato is a lawyer in Michigan who is the author of a book called American Murder Houses. He joins us now. Steve, thanks for doing this tonight. No problem. Always fun to talk about this stuff. I am guessing to you, who has researched this and been around to a bunch of these places, that the level of interest in a place that maybe, probably should disgust us rather than fascinate us probably doesn't surprise you. Not at all. And, and I'll admit, I don't understand the fascination completely myself, other than to say it seems to be in all of us. You know, we, we drive down the street, we see a car accident, we slow down and we gawk. Uh, something bad happens in a house in our neighborhood, we all go over and look at it, or at least we drive by the house once in a while and look at it. And, and people are just drawn to these houses where murders took place. And is it simply, is it because of the crime itself, or are the places that get all the attention only the ones that have been captured in pop culture or heavily, heavily covered by CNN or something like that? Well, that plays into it, but I'm, you know, as I, I, I thought about this as I was writing the book, that, you know, when I was growing up, that there's something crazy happened in the neighborhood. People would go by and look at the house, but you, you can't see anything from the street. That's the thing that really gets me. And, you know, so, so with the Amityville house, you know, Butch DeFeo got convicted of killing his parents and his four siblings while they all slept one night. And interestingly, when he was put on trial in New York, he didn't claim the house was haunted. He, he tried to plead insanity. He tried to say he was insane, you know, voices in his head kind of thing. The story of the Amityville horror came later. It was invented by his attorney and the guy who wrote screenplays, <laughs> and it, they made the whole story up. There's, there's no truth to the Amityville Horror haunting, but the house was the scene of six very, very gruesome murders. And so, and you're, you're right. I mean, there is, and we talked about it off the top, there is an immense amount of interest. It is the number one clicked home on Realty.com of all around North America. And you're right, we don't really understand the fascination, but does this happen often? Like when you look around North America at these famous places, is this a pretty consistent phenomenon? Yes, it is. And I think some of it has to do with, with how grotesque the murders were. Um, one thing that is, is a common theme in, in this 
feel, I guess you'd want to call it, is that many of these homes don't survive. So, for instance, where John Wayne Gacy was killing and, and burying children, that house was knocked down. And, and many communities will actually, in essence, demand that a house be knocked down, and they'll simply knock it down and sometimes build another house in the exact same spot. But the interesting thing is that the Amityville house, after the Lutz family, the Lutzes are the ones who claimed it was haunted, after they moved out, a string of other people who lived in the home and said, you know, there's nothing wrong with the house. The house is beautiful. It's not haunted. The only complaint we've got is that people still come by and gawk 40 years later. Well, yeah, and, and you talk about the houses being knocked down. I mean, up here, uh, listeners, of course, know the story of the Bernardos, and their house in, in uh, Port Dalhousie was knocked down, where they had kidnapped and, and done horrible, horrible things to a number of schoolgirls. And, and you're right, they, they do. This does happen. A number of these, it, it seems that if the if the... I was going to say if the crime is terrible enough, that happens, but I'm not even sure that's the case. I'm not sure what would make some of these houses get knocked down and some of them become objects of great fascination. And, and a couple of these houses have actually become tourist attractions. Yes. The, the Lizzie Borden house in Massachusetts, there's one called the Villisca Axe Murder House in Iowa. You can actually spend the night in either one of those houses, and, and the Lizzie Borden house has, got a, has actually got a gift shop, and they sell Lizzie Borden bobblehead dolls. I mean, you know, so there, there's a way you can make money off of this. It's just simply a matter of if you lived in the house and a murder happened today and you had to sell the house next week, that will cause you problems because there are people <laughs> yeah. who are hesitant to buy a recent murder house. Do you have to, everywhere in the States now, or even in North America, I don't know, do you have to disclose if there has been a murder in a house when you go to sell it? There's actually a split decision on that depending on what state you're in. Some states have passed laws requiring you to disclose. And some states' courts have said, well, if you don't disclose, it's kind of like if you didn't tell somebody that the house floods or the house has got some other problem because of the fact that it's not that the house is haunted, but the house does have a diminished value. They refer to it as a stigmatized house or a stigma house. And a house that has a stigma attached to it, theoretically, in an arm's-length transaction between strangers, is worth less money. So some states have passed laws saying you must disclose this. But I like to point out that in some states where they've passed laws that say this, they've also listed other things you've got to disclose. So I think it's Arizona, uh, or Nevada. If you don't disclose the house, it used to be a, a meth house with you know, a cooked crystal meth. Failure to disclose that will also get you in trouble. So it just simply, you, you know, if you're going to sell the house, you should disclose the full facts of the house because you might get sued otherwise. Okay, so as you went around and you were researching this book, um, generally, or majority, is it a positive, and this sounds horrible to say because we're talking about murders, but is it a positive or a negative if you are trying to later on, as you say, not that week, but later on, if you're trying later on to sell the house and there's been some infamy around it, does that actually work to your advantage then? No, no. For the most part, it actually means the house will stay on the market longer. Um, there are actually guys in the real estate industry who've studied this, and they said that it might only knock the value of the house down a couple percentage points, but it'll stay on the market like 50% longer. So instead of taking six months to sell, it might take nine months to sell. Um, now, th- th- you might say, well, then what about the Lizzie Borden house or the Villisca Axe Murder house? Well, those are both murders that took place more than 100 years ago. And I think that there comes a time where something that tragically happened in your neighborhood goes from being a tragedy to being history. 
and somehow people don't mind embracing it if it's history. They just don't like to think about the gory aspect of it if it was just fairly recent. So if it is an older one, it, does it make it okay to try and then profit off that crime? Does it seem less gross, I guess, is the right way of saying it? <laughs> you know, that's, that's a moral question, and I, I think it's, it's up to each one of us to answer it in our own hearts. But I, but I guess, know. Steve, I, I, guess, I guess I would say the people around, when they look at this, do, do the, the neighbors, do other people say, you know, it's, been, it's, it's okay, I get why you're doing it, or do they still say to them, at the Lizzie Borden house, do they still say, man, you guys are sick, this was a crime house? Well, you know, I, I, I actually spoke to the owners of the Lizzie Borden house, and, and they I get the impression that, that the neighborhood they're in can use all the tourism it can get. So I, I think their neighbors are fine with it. Uh, the Velisca Axe Murder House, they've got a huge sign out front that says Velisca Axe Murder House, and they've got blood dripping off the letters. Nice. Um, if that was next door to me, I might not like that. But again, you know, they're doing it, and they seem to be getting along with their neighbors. And I guess, you know, honestly... How is that really any different from the Texas School Book Depository Second Floor Museum? Oh, oh no, it's, 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 it's exactly the same, and, and, and it really is. And, and you know, the, the houses have a history to them, and, and what's interesting is, is people do not forget. People have got an amazing memory on this stuff. In the introduction of my book, I talk about I took a trip to Miami Beach, and I went over to look at the Johnny Versace house, which is a mansion where he was shot on the front steps by Andrew Cunanan, there's a random killing that happened more than a decade earlier. There's nothing outside the house to even tell you what it is. It's just simply a pair of metal gates and an address. And every five minutes, another couple would walk by and take a selfie in front of the gates. And it's because they made a special trip to go find the Versace house. And from the steps, you can't see the house. It's, it's very well shrouded. But people still thought, hey, this is where, you know, where Johnny Versace got murdered. I'm going to go over there and take a selfie. What, in your view, right now, what would be the most visited, or, or again, it sounds gross to even ask it this way, but the number one murder house in North America, what would be number one on the list of the, the one that people would stop and visit? Probably the Amityville house. And the Amityville Still, okay. House, that's, well, yeah, oh, yeah. And, and see, here's, it, it's interesting. The Amityville house was made famous by... A couple books and about a dozen movies. There were spinoffs. I mean, you right. know, almost like the Harlem Globetrotters go to the Amityville house. I mean, if they didn't make that one yet, <laughs> they probably will. And that house has been made so famous in the media that I, I, I think they might actually be able to get a premium for it now because people are thinking, hey, it's a famous house. Um, the interesting thing is that the movie was actually shot in a different house. And that house has a really weird history to it, too. But you know, that's, how, that's what Hollywood does. And a lot of people who visit the Amityville house today, or if you look at it online, will notice it does not look like it did back at the time of the murders because uh, one of the subsequent owners did try to change the outward appearance of the house a tiny little bit to kind of throw off the uh, gawkers. And I was just going to ask you, that was the next thing I was going to ask you, is do does the appearance, in order for people to still come by, does it have to remain exactly or very close to what it was? I mean, I, I, I used the uh, Nicole Brown Simpson example, for by for example, down in Los Angeles or Brentwood, or where, that it, I know they've tried to change the appearance a little bit. Does that stop people? No, no, it doesn't stop people at all. And they've often tried to change the addresses. Um, the Amityville House, the Nicole Brown Simpson condominium, um, and, and one of the Manson uh, victim homes, they've changed the addresses of those houses by a couple, point, you know, a couple, a couple numbers. 
people still find them. Um, and, and as long as the house hasn't been knocked down, people will still find it and look at it. I assume they're changing the number just to throw off the gawkers, not for some superstitious reason. Right, no, exactly, exactly. But, but you know, in my book, as, as a handy reference, I give both the old address and the new address, um, you know, in the, in the name of uh, journalism. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> is this, so, okay, so again, and you have written the book on this, and you have talked to a lot of people, you've been around to this. From the moral perspective, and I know that, you know, you'll say, well, it's each person's choice, but how do you feel about it when someone stops and and takes a selfie at one of these places or look, does, does it make you feel kind of queasy or do you say, no, I get it? Well, no, you know, something, sometimes it also depends on the crime. You know, the John Bonet Ramsey house in Colorado is an example where, you know, a little girl got murdered and that story got turned into this huge tabloid disaster where they were dredging up pictures of this little girl beauty contest. They dragged the parents through the mud then years later, they came out and apologized, said, hey, we never should have done that. The parents had nothing to do with this. And, and I've spoken to people who live in that neighborhood. They said, yeah, people still come by, and you can barely even see the house from the street. And they'll still come by, and they stop at the foot of the driveway, and they gawk, and they take pictures. And, and that, I think, is, is uh, you know, the fine line between driving by and looking, because, I mean, you can drive up and down the street all day long. But when you start doing things like stopping or going up the driveway or, or, or taking photographs with big lenses, I, I think at that point you've crossed the line. It is uh, it is an interesting one. And as I say, the amount of interest in the Amity, and the Amity, what was that, 40, 40 years ago now, 40-plus years ago? The Amityville yeah, Horror? 1970, 1974. Yeah, so 42 years ago now, and uh, still, still... Um, just an amazing amount of interest in this place. Uh, Steve Lato, the author, his book is American Murder Houses. You can find it. I know it's on Amazon.com if you were interested. Really appreciate you taking the time to do this tonight. Thanks so much. Anytime. You're welcome. It is, uh, it, it is a kind of a ghoulish, it is kind of a ghoulish kind of thing to wonder about. I don't know that I would ever have a problem Living in a home where someone had died, I'm not a big, uh, someone who gets fearful of ghosts or things like that. It's not, not something that bothers me. But I know there would be a lot of people who would, that would be just completely grossed out. Would you, Lisa, would you ever, would you be okay living in a house where someone had been killed? Absolutely not. Why? I, I don't know. It's just creepy. Well, I know it's creepy, but they'd wash the walls down and clean the carpets and put it's, new carpet in. And It's just very, the atmosphere would, I, I'm, you know, very sensitive like that. <laughs> I just get creeped out by it. Even if, you know, the whole ghosts aren't real, even if they're not real, I would still be terrified. See, if, if there was a house on my street where someone got killed, and I mean, I'm not trying to sound, it would be a tragedy. We're not, we're not actually encouraging people to be killed for real estate bargains. But if there was a house somewhere in the city where someone had been killed and nobody would buy it, but it was really marked down for a great price, I would have no problem at all taking advantage of that bargain. I don't want someone to be killed so I can get a bargain. That's not what I'm talking about. But if it's sitting there and they can't sell it because everyone's going, ooh, I don't know. Now, that said, there would be exceptions. I would have had a problem buying the Bernardo house. And not because, and I, don't, I mean, it's different. I think it's different because, well, I don't know why exactly it's different. There were some horrible, horrible things that happened in that house. The problem with that one is I think we know so much about what happened and we know how horrible those things were. I think that would be very difficult not to 
visualize and worse, or at least as bad, anybody you invited over would be thinking about that stuff when they came to visit. You'd be sipping your tea and people would be thinking about the horrible things that happened. It would be very uncomfortable. But generally, what about you? 905. Six, sorry, no, I don't have time for the calls. Radley at 900chml.com. What about you? Would you be willing, would you be okay buying or living in a house where somebody was killed? Radley at 900chml.com. I'd love to hear your opinion. I'd love to hear if that would be something that would really bother you or if you'd be okay with that. Quick break. Back after this on the Scott Radley Show.